everyone, welcome back. A brand new episode of What's Good. Greg Meskel here with you, joined by uh, my good pal, uh, the commissioner of the SCF. He has a million jobs and wears a million hats. Analyst, uh, Ray Austin. Ray, good to talk with you. It's been too long. I know, man. I'm, I'm having withdrawals just like you are. Man. <laughs> <laughs> we spent six weeks in the booth and now I'm like, I wonder what Ray's up to right now. I know. Usually it's like, oh man, I got to drive over to the it's gonna be, and then I gotta wait. Now you're like, damn, I wish I was waiting. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You get in that mode. Well, uh, coming off season one of fan control football, I, I think uh, many of our listeners know that I work on that league with with Ray as part of the broadcast. And you've had a couple of weeks now. We're talking two and a half weeks after the first season has ended, and we talked a lot about it during the year of this dream has been reality, and and you've worked so hard for this thing, and. Now that you've been out of it for a little bit, a couple of weeks, and you've been able to like kind of look back as you think back on the the dream coming to reality, what what's kind of stuck out for you? Um, I guess the waking up right now, you know, the dream is over. It's like yeah. <laughs> we did the version, you know, for the ver- you know, for for season one. I think yeah. it was, was it was our inaugural season. We were really happy to to share it with everybody, and I think you know, waking up now and just. I'm able to kind of unpack it a little bit. You know, we were going so fast and so quick and so hard, you know, for seven, eight weeks. You you were catching up on all the things, the content and the things that were created and whatnot. Because we were just moving forward and just pushing stuff out. And um, I look back at it now, man, and just, it's just, I, I look at it like a kid, like I can't wait to see episode three and episode four. So I'm all the kind con- like all the shows that we did all of our shows all of our stuff and and watching it like like film you know like i was a football player you know and just critiquing myself critiquing what i'm seeing critiquing uh the shows everything and i think uh it's, it's been it's been not only a learning you say you work with ray it's it's, it's, funny. <laughs> it's funny you say, i appreciate that um <laughs> the teaching of of, of, of getting grasped uh it's been great it's you know i'm like watching it and going oh and then hearing you know when we we're we're, we're chatting uh back and forth in the booth and then seeing it and then hearing it and then okay got it and you know then jumping into the football stuff and seeing what i liked about that the coaches did right and coaches did wrong and and jumping on the production side and saying hey i like these shows and i like that show and i don't like that show and you know, watching how the Man Up show just kind of grew and matured, and you know, became something pretty cool. It's it's been it's just been great, man. It's it's uh, like watching a kid grow up. So it's been been awesome. And and this league, uh, the Fan Control Football League, for those that don't know, it was a it was a dream of Ray and the three other founders that have been working on it for many years. Uh, your background is is varied, right? So you come up as a football player, uh, playing college, make the NFL, transition into acting. Now the FCF, you do all of it at the same time. And I was. Thinking about it, thinking back on season one, this is just the latest thing you've accomplished, right? And so I think talking to you, it felt like you were always very confident one way or another FCF was going to work out. And if I'm thinking back on your path, you play at Tennessee, that's big time college football. You make it to the NFL. That's a, a small fraternity of guys that do that. You get cast in shows and commercials that not a lot of people get get those chances. So how much did those things influence your confidence in this FCF thing and just kind of a belief that it's going to work out because I make things work out? <laughs> well, I, wow. Well, thanks, thanks for that. But I, I, I've always had the same blueprint. This it's, it's, it's all since high school. It's, you, I'm going to always have hurdles. You're always going to have roadblocks uh, in life. I know that. 
Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten over so many things in my life to make it, you know, I've never been the fastest, the strongest, the biggest, the most talented, the best looking, none of those things at all. But you are not going to outwear me, you know, that has always been my uh, superpower and, uh, and my confidence, I think. Um, I just, I've always had a lot of confidence in, and like, this is what the universe wanted me to do in life and whatever I put my mind to. I really focused the lens on it, and 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 you know I I I learned that from school. I let my dad was a drill sergeant, uh, in, when I was in high school, so I didn't grow up real, you know, running the streets and doing a lot of those things. My brother did, so I got to see all that stuff through him. <laughs> so I took a different route, uh, and uh, but my my dad was a disciplinary, so I, I grew up understanding, you know, do things this way, and this and, and this will be the results. And so I took that on the track took that on the football field and um and I, I saw I saw it create oh okay if I work I work my ass off and I do this and I stay disciplined I stay focused this will be my results and so that blueprint I just kept you know using everywhere I went um and I stuck to that and, and from, from football to the acting the modeling it's the same thing it's all um I, I always say if, if the opportunity comes in front of me that I'm going to take the full full accountability, full responsibility. I'm gonna go attack it as best I can. And everything I worked on from this point on has got me ready for the FCF because I don't, I've never known, I've never been a commissioner. When, when my partners were asking me, they're like, all right, I'm gonna be the chief here. I'm gonna be the CMO here. I'm gonna be, where are you, where are you gonna be the commissioner? What? Like, yeah. what do you, where do you go look that up at? Where do you go research a commissioner's job at? So yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. And, um, you know, I, I, I keep mentors in my life, you know, coaches and, and older guys that I, that I respect in business and whatnot. So I had them very close to me when, 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 when having questions and whatnot. But, you know, just, just, you know, one of the first things I did when I played before I did football, I owned a fitness gym. So I trained over 800 athletes uh, in the Chicago land area. So I took that mentality on, how to develop the players and how to develop the actual athletes and the, you know, looking at the organization and what we need and building the team and making sure the team that we had on the executive side strong and, you know, that, that push that confidence and that, that, that alpha dogness and encourage guys to be, you know, more than they were that had that, that had to work first. The, the street credit football had to work first. And then from there, you know, getting into the entertainment side of my, my, my second life from the acting and modeling really helped me kind of zone in on kind of what I wanted the league to be about. And, you know, I've always had this, you know, more than an athlete, you know, idea in my mind. And I was like, man, I, I want to be able to bring what I've seen in, in acting and in entertainment and put it in, the, in football. Can it be done? You know, can it be done? And, and we were able to, and I felt good about that. I, I, I saw what acting and modeling did for me and I know how it boosted my confidence. And I knew if we could do the same thing for these guys, it would boost theirs too, and it, and it, and it worked. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for all the opportunities that I've had, you know, in my life. Cause I know I've, I've been truly blessed, truly, truly blessed to have doors and opportunities put in front of me. And um, I just like, to, I just take full advantage of them, man. We're going to come back to the transition from professional athlete to professional actor model, but I always love asking this question of athletes. I think it's born out of the fact that I've never been a great athlete, right? So I love sports, but 
but I was the guy that played on a team if you had to hand over money, right? So I could be in the rec league, my mom wrote a check, right? But I was not making varsity. When did you know that you were not just a guy that liked football, but that you were good at football to go to a very good level? Oh, man. Um, I would say in high school, because uh, I came from a really, good, a really, really good high school uh, in, in Oklahoma. Lot in Oklahoma, we were uh, 14 and 0. We were the national, we were USA Today national champions oh, my sophomore year. We had an, a, probably one of the baddest, baddest football teams you can ever put together. Seriously, 11 of us went Division One. Four of us went to the NFL. That's how amazing wow, that team. That's was. stacked. Yeah. And I was always around those type of athletes, even when I was in Hawaii. We, we, before we moved to Oklahoma, I lived in Hawaii, and we were also coming off a state championship team there. And that's really where football was grown to me. Adrian Morrell from the New York Jets was my high school running back. So I saw how, you know, all the, you know, like all the publicity he was getting and, oh, you got to be that to go to the next level. And the next level for him was West Virginia. I was like, wow, that's awesome. And I, and I looked up to him because of that. In a really quick story, when I got drafted to the New York Jets, he was the first person to come and give me a hug. That's and that's great. how amazing football is, like, if you think about it. But um, I've always been around great athletes. And I was always like, when I saw guys that were, were you know, better than me, stronger than me, faster than me, I, I, I seek those guys out. And I would train with those guys. And I would compare myself to them. I would always train with older kids, always train with older kids. And that, and I just started to hone in on my skill, comparing myself to them, comparing my times to them, comparing my stats to them, and playing on a team like that, and then seeing their progression from all state to all American to Division One athlete. That's when I knew I was in the right path. So I, I, I set those goals. Okay, I gotta be all state. I gotta be all American. I gotta have a couple of records. I gotta get this many, uh, you know, uh, letters from these many, this school, that school, like I, I, you know, me and my dad, I could say we were really strategic about, you know, figuring out, were you good enough to play? Are you good enough to play this sport? <laughs> so I think when uh, Tom Osborne from the University of Nebraska came down to my house and uh, met with my mom, my dad, and my whole neighborhood was outside and they just won, they just won a national championship. And uh, he came in my house and ate my Doritos. And my dad was like, okay, he, I think he and I both knew, like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to let me order something. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a moment right there when the national championship coach rolls into your living room to come say hello. And my mom wouldn't let me go to Nebraska because he ate all the Doritos. She didn't want me to go to Nebraska because he ate all the Doritos. I was like, what? So, <laughs> so based like, on kids, he's not going to Nebraska. They rude. They rude in Nebraska. I'm like, mom, <laughs> he got off the plane, man. He can't eat Doritos. Oh, that's oh, funny. Because, you know, there's another school of thought that probably thinks like, uh, I better eat everything they give me so that they, that they think that I like what they're serving. Exactly. And I'm not, I'm not too good enough to eat your Doritos. Correct. And, and yeah. He, and yeah. he ate the whole bag, which was yeah. great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a classic story. Um, you, you end up at Tennessee, obviously in the nineties, very, very strong program at that moment. Is there a, a challenge to prove? And it sounds like there probably is because it sounds like you've been challenging yourself at every step, but how do you know you get there, but then how do you know you belong? Right. There's, there's Peyton Manning's around. There's people that are, future Hall of Famers, how do you show that you belong? 
And Tennessee didn't want me. Tennessee was the only only team that the only school that didn't send me an actual letter. I got letters from SC, Florida State, U, uh, uh, USC, UCLA, Nebraska, wow. A&M, Texas. Never got because they never came that far to the middle. And I was the only guy out there at that time, like safety that they needed or whatnot. Yeah. So I made, and this is what I tell my players all the time. Like when you talk about promoting yourself, I made my own highlight tape. I put two VCRs together. Back in the day, people don't even know what VCRs are. I Jimmy rigged them together, made my own highlight tape, and Christmas break, sent it off to the University of Tennessee. The next week, Coach Fulmer was in my, my, my coach's office, and he was like, we never even, we never would get a player like you in the South because we don't have to go that far because, you know, we, we recruit in, in Florida and, you know, all that. And usually they would lose players like me to the and the Nebraska and the Bay and the Texas. And I was like, no, I've always wanted to go to Tennessee. And signed to Tennessee, we had the number one recruit class in the country. We had the four four of the eight top DBs, and I was one of them, signed to that, to that class. And uh, <clears throat> came into the first week, me and my best friend were the top two safeties. And Lovey Smith was my defensive back coach at that time. Walks in, sits us both down, and he looks at both of us and says, hey, man, one of you freshmen are going to start the first year here. And he looked at both of us and walked out the room. Wow. And I'm looking at my best friend like, and we hated each other this time. Right now we hate each other. So. <laughs> and I was like, that's going to be me. He, he's already, he was talking to me. He didn't tell him that. He was really talking to me. So that's how I took that on. And me and my, my best friend, man, we competed like, and literally hated each other. And I ended up winning this. I ended up winning the, the position, becoming a freshman All-American. And uh, from that day on, it was like, he pushed me he was the best athlete at that time and he pushed the hell out of me and I, he was faster than me he was stronger than me he was a prototype guy i knew the game of football really well but he was he was more of a and i so i trained with him i was like you know what no you gotta train with him i gotta know him i gotta know his, i gotta know how he moves how he works okay he's strong okay he's fast all right and i had to i had to see that and i and i would always push myself to do that and if it wasn't for my my best friend i probably wouldn't have made it to the league What's impressive about that story or just surprising is that I think it runs counter to what people would think the college recruitment process is like. You get all these letters from all these schools, you're certainly going to go to one where they want you, right? This is the the whole genesis of college recruiting, right, is that first part is them selling you. And then when you get there, you got to sell them on how good you're supposed to be for the next three or four years. But you went the other way and basically hunted down the one school that didn't want you didn't want me and i and i didn't and i didn't, and I didn't like that I, didn't, I was like they didn't my dad was like what are you talking about the the national championship the university of nebraska wants you they've been they've been recruiting for the last two years i was like tennessee just they don't know they don't understand they don't know me they understand they don't, they don't know me yet <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was it was it was a little bit of arrogance i'm not gonna lie because i was i was, a, I, was, a, I, was a, I was an all-american track hurdler uh, and, and football player so i was like i gotta show them and in the sec if you can play in the SEC, you can play in the NFL. It's, it's pretty <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. Back then in the 90s, the SEC was, was built off of the NFL. You, you didn't know the name of Miami. Come on. And there's the NFL right there. Yeah. And I knew if I could play in, in the SEC, start in the SEC, I knew I had a good chance of uh, playing in the NFL. 
And, and so then you, you do end up in the NFL. And we talked about it during the FCF broadcast all the time because there were so many guys in that league that they had a year in the NFL. They went to a camp. They did an off-season workout, but couldn't quite get over that over that line. Yeah. As you're there in the league uh, early on, right, you mentioned getting drafted by the by the Jets. You must have seen it firsthand. What what was that margin like of I make it, I don't make it, and and just because you're drafted doesn't mean they keep you. So is there is there a moment early on that your your make it moment? One of my best friends from Tennessee got uh, picked up as a free agent the same year I got there. Uh, middle linebacker was a two time All SEC linebacker, great player. Me and him were roommates, and he got cut. I was like. There's no way I'm making it. <laughs> he like he didn't make it. Like I used to look up to him when he was playing. I'm like, man, he didn't make it. It was that's how margin. Like it is such a margin. And and from there to the thing that I I love about the Jets and what Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick brought was this. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make the best team and put the best players on the field. So every week. Even though you made the team, even though I was signed, had my signing bonus in the in the in the in the, in the bank, had my, my my apartment, had my locker, every week Bill Parcells on Tuesday brought in free agents off the street and worked them out in front of us. Like we could be in the gym, we would see hundreds of guys that were free agents working out because he was going to replace someone. And that's when I, I learned when, you know, Aaron Glenn, one of the best corners ever played the game professional. And he just told me, he was like, hey, bro, just remember, you see who those guys are out there? Those guys are out here to take food off your table. And when that's when he said that to me, it like resonated like, damn. And it wasn't it wasn't saying that I wasn't good enough or you, 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 you know, uh, they don't like you that's the business part of this and that's when you know you have that real quick turnaround from taking being taken care of in college and coddled a little bit <laughs> you know to being a business and it being a professional and not showing up to, to meetings with sweats on showing up you know as a as a professional showing up with your playbook showing up you know talking about football not about last weekend and the girls and stuff like that. you you i learned a lot from new york um and and just sports the sports business itself you know what i'm saying because new york was really they were real business because of their bill bill belichick bill parcells was there um the team was real older there from curtis martin Aaron Glenn, otis wilson you know, Fred Baxter's, the, the, the Testaverdes, they had a lot of Keyshawn, a lot of older, older players there. So money was talked about a lot. Business was talked about a lot. It was, it was, it was a different locker room when I got into Chicago. Chicago was a little younger, you know, and they were a little bit more, you know, a lot more single guys there running around and having fun and whatnot. So it's different. Like every that's the thing about the NFL, man. There's a culture with every, every team has a different culture and uh, you can, it can be a good and bad, you know, uh, place for you. It sounds like an eye-opening experience there. You go to college and if you're on scholarship, I think it's presumed I'm here for at least four years if I want to stay and, you know, they like five, you want, five, right. And then you go to the NFL, right. You really have to kind of earn your, earn your keep year over year, even 
you see it all the time, right? Guys that are on these epic contracts just get cut and they'll deal with the money later. You're in a spot where, and I wonder if it hits you then or later, but to be in an older locker room, to be surrounded by veterans who are teaching professionalism, to be coached by two, two of the greatest, right? I mean, between Parcells and Belichick, did, did all of that dawn on you at the moment? When you think back on, you, in a way, you luck into that experience, right? I mean, any, any team could pick you to yeah. be able to be in that locker room with those guys. That's hugely beneficial probably to, to everything else you've done. I mean, from so many different places. I mean, just being around those type of guys. I mean, you're in the meat and potatoes of what football was really, you know, being built on right now when you look at what football is now. And, you know, I I look back at that and, and you know, I just remember all the things that I wish I would have said to myself back then that I do now. And I, that's, I think that's what I do with the players. Like, I keep pressing to them, like, guys, like, you know, a lot of play, a lot of people look at football now they, that are trying to play. They're looking at the money. They're looking at the Super Bowls. They're looking at the championships, the rings, the the, the Hall of Fames, the, the the rookie, you know, the, the All Pro, all that stuff. And that's cool. And I and look, everybody's everybody is who they are. And I I wish that I would have understood the business more because if you're not one of those top guys, you got to see well where fit. And I, this, that's what I learned from New York. There's a lot of guys that were not big name guys that fit. They fit with the Giants, they fit with the Jets, and then they fit with the England, the New England Patriots. That's because everywhere Bill went, he took that employee with him. That's how I thought about it. I wish I would have kind of gotten that earlier in my mind. Like, you know what? Find out where you fit and do that. Don't try to be what you were trying to be in. You know, you, you were trying to be, prove everybody, you know, in college. Find out where you fit, what you're good at, and do that and do it better than anybody else. There are guys like Chris Hayes and Corn Brown and Ricky, uh, uh, Ray Nickens that were special teams guys that were all pro guys that played 13 years in the league. When you start thinking about the business side of the league, you start thinking about longevity. They, my, my nickname was given to me by Bill Belichick, Advil. Weirdest name, weirdest nickname. It was called my name. My nickname was Advil because I used to just run through guys all the time. I used to, he was like, "Man, you give you be giving guys headaches." That was that was my name. You ask anybody to play for New York Jets, they all still this day may not even call me Ray Austin. They may just call me Advil. <laughs> and when I think back about that, it's a it, it was a it was a plus then. You know, it was you know makes you feel good. But to be honest with you, my body hurts because of that. You know. I, I remember Otis Wilson, one of the older guys, told me, he said, man, hey, look, you're not going to do that for a long time. You know, you can't be banging like that every year. Your body's not going to hang out. You know, your body's not going to be able to withstand all that. And just having those type of guys around you to tell you those things, um, it, it, was, it, it was the type of influence that I needed. And I think all those stories and all those things that I got, I put in my toolbox, and that's the stuff I'm trying to get it to my players. Like the things that I'm saying, I'm just regurgitating what guys was telling me. Yeah. And I wish I was thinking about my brand or, or my second career while I was doing it. Ray Mickens, Glenn Milborn. Glenn Milborn was a was a was a, a financial advisor as he was running back kick returns. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when people say you can't do both, man, those are the ones that 
those are ones that are having difficulty finding out what is the next thing in life for them. And, and I've seen so many of those things and being with the, 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 the New York Jets, they really showed me like, wow, find out where you fit because everybody's not going to be a 13 year guy. Everybody's not going to be an all pro. Everybody's not going to make the Hall of Fame. But can I leave out of here with a pension? Can I leave out of here with something that 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 solidifies me down the road that I made made this? You know what I'm saying? So I started to focus on let me make sure that I can get my pension, my 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 full 1K. Started thinking about that, and I did that in the late latter part of my year. But I wish I would have done it more in my rookie year too. Yeah, yeah, and I think people understand that. NFL careers can be short, right? There's no guarantee that you're going to be in it for 10 or 15 years like you're talking about. But I think they also probably assume, well, I have a couple of years to kind of get my feet wet here and then kind of figure things out. You you go from Jets to Bears, and um, and I know you've made the joke, right? The, you know, the only thing I got from the NFL, right, was, uh, you know, a shoulder and a knee or something like that, right? But yeah. um, when when is... Is it is it an injury thing? Is it a playing time thing? When when is it coming into focus that this is not going to be a ten year thing? Injury, yeah, it was injury, and I, I even today I still deal with it, uh, my shoulder, and it happens. And 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 I, I tell all players, man, you you will play away, you will play away, you will you will you will practice away, and and that's why it's so important for you to give one hundred ten percent because you don't know when your last play is. And I've been, I've been, guys been calling me now, you know, asking when we're going to start back up because they miss it. Yeah. And I kept telling them guys, when you, when you're in this, you're practicing, you play in it, soak this in. Cause I wish I was you. Cause I'll, I'll never be able to put the pads on and play. This is football is the best part-time job you've ever had. You'll never, ever be able to play it at a, at a, at a pace that you used to ever again, if you are in your career. I mean, I guarantee Josh, I guarantee Josh, and, and, and Johnny are still in the hot tub today. <laughs> but, you know, it's for, for me, it, it is, I'm just, I'm just happy that I, I was able to, to, to play, get out, uh, you know, uh, my body's not be as, as banged up, you know, as it is, but um, yeah, and, and try my best to get out as healthy as I possibly could, you know. Was was there a time where you said to yourself, like, I'm hurting, like I could I could tie this on and try and go one more year, but I don't know, like, is my arm going to fall off? Like, was there a moment where you kind of got it like you you got while the getting was good, I guess, before it became too, too difficult to use? No, nah, no, nah, I, I, I got to tell, I tell everybody, man, football is like that girlfriend that you, you, you can't stand, but you still love, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I went to the XFL, had, did a great job, and played. This is one of the first the first XFL. Yeah, the like, first go round. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, which is why a lot of the the, the, the you know, where a lot of my creativity came from with doing this. But um, after leaving the XFL, I, I get a chance to try, try for the D, uh, Detroit Lions. I ran a great forty, worked out hella great. They literally had my jersey in the locker, saw the locker room, saw the coaching staff, saw my name, dime, nickel, L1, L3. Yeah, oh, this is it. Let's go. Going forward. Let's do it. Got to go take the physical. Fail the physical. Sitting there, looking at the doctor. I'm just waiting for him to come back in so I can go back to the hotel and go tell my wife the happy news. And he comes in and says, you failed your physical. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, you failed your physical. I was like, oh. 
fine, I'll take it over. What do you want me to do? And he was just like, that's, no, that's, that's it. I don't know what else to tell you. They, they have, they have a car waiting for you outside. And by the time you get to the hotel, your agent's calling you and that was it. And, and football broke up with me. So, you know, I, 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 you don't know what to do. It is, it is probably people who have been in that position. And I, I, even for my guys, guys that get or hurt or like I understand what that feels like man and it is like you break it you have you're breaking up with a relationship that you've been with your entire life think about it. a lot of us have been playing since we're eight years old you know and then it's instantly taken from you I don't miss I don't I don't I'm not mad that that's how it happened I you know everyone wish they would have you know had been like I wish I would have known or thought you know I was having a great season I was having a, I, not a great season but I, I I was probably in my best shape my entire life I, I worked my ass off I was ready to go this was it this was my time and that happened that crushed me and that, I mean I was I couldn't watch football I couldn't go out to Applebee's <laughs> and have lunch on Sundays after church because the football game would be on and I know all those guys and it was hard. Yeah. And it was it was it was a it was a difficult time for me, just like a lot of players are. But I was able to bounce back, um, thank God, and uh, you know, and find a new love. You know. Well, it's so it's so interesting, um, and it's it's great that you talked about looking ahead while you're in that football career to try and set yourself up. You know, whether it's financially or what else you want to do, uh, because not everyone does that even even people that know when the end is near you know you had it kind of sprung on you but i think a lot of people i talked to a lot of olympic athletes they know okay this these are the dates for the olympics and yeah. after that i'm not doing this anymore yeah. and it's and even when it's that finite there's still a lot of like i i don't really know what it looks like on the other side they call it kind of the olympic hangover you know because if you think of one nfl season this is everyone putting all their thoughts into one event every four years, right? I mean, you know, playing, uh, running track and field too. So um, what what's fascinating about your second chapter in your life is that, yes, football can be a little subjective, but it is a little bit clear in a way that it's like, hey, if, if Ray has 100 tackles every season, he's probably going to be on the team. Whereas right. you go into acting and it's like, I don't like the way he looks. Next. <laughs> Like he seems like a good guy. He knows all the lines. Nope. How how do you handle going from a thing where the results are pretty clearly defined to yeah. it's so ambiguous? No, and, and that's the funny thing about and you. <laughs> you're so right when it comes to the acting. It is it is so subjective, and people sometimes even today like, how do you get so many commercials? And sometimes I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Uh, I want to say that I'm like super talented, but no, nah, that's that's not it. To be honest with you, I, I, I come into all, ever since I started acting and modeling, uh, like I'm, I'm a DB, man. Like I don't lose. I don't lose. I don't lose. I'm going to come out with this. Y'all don't understand. I am smiling and shaking your hand, but I've already defeated all y'all. Y'all don't even get it. Right? And I, 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 I did that and no one knew it for a long time. Like, I would not mean what guys, but I would be so confident in the audition room and i would come in with just a big smile and just you know a lot of times people don't realize man a lot of it if people people gotta like you first like they gotta they gotta feel your energy you know what i'm saying like feel your energy when you walk in a room and is it real is it sincere you know and uh i would just always have I would, a lot of a lot of players not players excuse me a lot of actors would have their you know their scripts 
you know, in their hand when they're coming into the, it, it was it was a security blanket for a lot of for a lot of actors. And I was like, nope, no, mm -mm. everything from this day on, I'm memorizing my lines, I'm memorizing another person's lines. I'm so I, yeah, so I'm uh, nope, nope. And and that that was always a thing of mine, a signature of mine coming in. Like never had my script with me. And they was like, oh, you can pick up. No, no, I'm good. Let's go. You know, and just ha if, if I felt confident, I knew it came off on camera like that. And then I knew that I had a good opportunity to get it. But I mean, I take that from football, man. Uh, you, you, you a defensive back, man. You gotta, you gotta have more confidence to play that position, especially corner than anybody in the world. So I would just take that mentality in all my auditions, no matter what I was auditioning for, who was the casting director. I don't care if the producers are there, don't matter. This this is me one on one against y'all. You against me. Let's do it. <laughs> but you but you manufacture that because if you think of your football career, as you're working your way up the ranks, by the time you get to later in Tennessee or in the NFL, people know you for football. They know that you're good at football. That's that's what you've done for a long time. So at least like I would think personally, okay. Well, part of my confidence is born out of. A lot of people believe in me. They know that I can do this. It's what I do. I'm a, I'm a great defensive back. But you get into acting and you're relatively unknown as you're starting out or completely unknown, right? As you're starting out as an actor. So you you really have to create all of that on your own. There's no one who's saying, oh, he's good at this because they've never seen you do it. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's such a good thing. I mean, I love the way you said it because I think for me, one of the uh, best compliments was I was on set for Chicago Fire one day. We were all at the table eating lunch and talking about sports. I wasn't talking. I was kind of like listening. And I knew a lot of the other actors and whatnot. And then one of the leads, he said something. And I jumped in and said some stuff. Another guy jumped in with me. And he was like, dude, you act like you played or something. And then one of the other guys was like, yeah, he used to play for the Bears. And then everybody at the table was like, I thought she was an actor. And I was just like, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I am. That's like, that's like the, biggest, the biggest compliment they could play or uh, pay you is that they thought this is all you ever did. And and then to, to prove what you did, and I love what you just said about that. It was just like I had that in my mind <laughs> that no one knew about. This was my game that I was playing in my head. And then the fact that no one knew it that I even played football was like, oh, that's awesome because I've I've always had this chip on my shoulder, like. I never wanted to be known as the the dumb jock, the football guy. So all he can do is play ball, and I never want. And that's why I think I pushed myself to go into so many different avenues and stuff. Just like when you know I was telling you with the booth, man. The booth is so new, yeah. But it it challenges me, you know. It's like play ball. I had these hands when I grew up. You know what I'm saying? I was I could do all that. I was I was made to do that stuff. Everything else I'm learning, and and I love the learning because I know if I learn it. I know if I know if I know I don't know it, I know I focus on it. You know what I'm saying? So I know I gotta I really kind of critique it and I watch, you know, I watch what other people do. I'll, you know, I'll steal from somebody else or whatnot. So yeah, that that's a that's a really great way to look at it. It's I've never I've always wanted to be known to be what I am when I'm that person. Like I, even as you know. Some of the guys, even some of the, uh, some of my guys said, you take this commissioner thing really well, like an actor or something. I'm like, I don't know how to be a commissioner except for this. So I'm gonna go and create it. I'm gonna just cre create what I think the commissioner is gonna be. And that's what it's gonna be. And I'm gonna do it. You're gonna, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> and, and it just, 
you, you know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes no, well, as- talking about the idea of like identity too, which is so interesting and came up so big over the last year with the pandemic, right? People's whole world stopped. And the thing that they were, and you saw this a lot with youth athletes, right? The thing that they only knew how to do, right? I'm, I'm this, and it was ripped away and they're just watching Netflix or staring at a Zoom and who, who are they, right? If they're, yeah. not, if they're not the great basketball or soccer player, are they still valuable, right? And that got into, you know, lots of psychological and therapy and that sort of stuff. But I love that you said, I, you know, when I'm doing this, I want to be this because my, one of my next questions for you is going to be, how long did it take you to be okay not being Ray Austin football player and being Ray Austin something else? Probably when I started, when I really, really got into acting, like probably around five, 10 years in it, um, it was never brought up anymore. Football wasn't brought. Football was only brought up to, to me uh, with people in Chicago outside the acting. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of the actors never saw me play because I was done playing. You know what I mean? So like I'm in. I'm. I'm right now. I'm in visiting Tennessee right now. I'm in Knoxville, and so people remember me as the as the football player. You know when I when we go, when we go places. So for for me, it's cool, but. I was I was telling my wife this. It was just like we was at the airport and we were leaving the tryout, and I was walking through the airport and the dude said, "Commish, commish," and I was like, "Oh, hey, hey, you," <laughs> shook his hand. He was like, "Man, thank you for that tryout. It was great." I was like, "Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you." And I was just like, "Man, like they didn't bring up football. It wasn't about acting. It was they knew me as this person, and I think you know." Every, everything I do, I think I just wear it so hard. Um, and even with football, I still got the stars. Thank God, you know what I'm saying? But I just don't, it, that, it's like I'm, I'm looking for the other five stars. And, and it's, just, it's just that star on, in life, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm looking to add those. Is there a uh, Tom Osborne Dorito moment in acting? A, a, I'm here, I'm an actor? Oh, man. Oh, man. That's, it could be too. But uh, it, it, I would say too. Um, I had did a. Uh, I was a <clears throat> playing a sheriff on a show called Boss with Kelsey Grammer. I was on Showtime, and <laughs> so I got the the lines, and it was like seven pages of lines. And so I get through the callback, and then I'm up again with the producer. When you get to the third auditions, the producers, the writers, whatever, not in the room then. I get into the room and it's Mario Van Peoples in there, like auditioning me. And I'm like, oh shit, that's Mario from New Jack City. <laughs> I'm like, focus, focus, focus. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, that's, that's all I remember from, you know. But uh, he was so dope. He was so dope. I actually kind of stuttered coming out of the gate. You know what I mean? My first couple of lines kind of stuttered out a little bit. And then I got, I caught on to the whole deal and it was great. And then I was like, fuck, I still started at the beginning. And he goes, yo, hey, that was great. Let me tell you, this is what I'm thinking. Boom, 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 bam, do it like this. What if he was here? You coming from here, you pissed off. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, I'm listening to him and we like two hip hop artists. I'm like, yeah, right, okay, <laughs> okay, cool. And I hit it, boom, 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 hit it again. And he was like, love it, done. And I'm like, and then I'm like, cool, and then, the casting director that I usually, she was in the room that I usually uh, uh, audition for. She was in the room. She's very tough, very tough lady. So as I'm done, I'm like, thank you. 
And so I try to catch her eyes as I'm leaving, and she goes, Oh, yes. <laughs> and so, and I don't get the part. So uh, that was like one of my favorite because it was such a like, oh shit, that's uh Mario Van Peoples. He's he's fucking producing. He'll be producing my scene. That's fucking no, you know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, still, obviously, a lot more to come with the FCF. Is there is there another thing down the road? Maybe maybe it's ten years away that you want to stretch and pursue and and try and challenge yourself with that's different from what you've done so far. I do, man. I, I I always say you made it in life when you become a philanthropist. So you notice all the people who really have made made it are successful. That means now their time is is is, is giving, and and that is what my I, I, that would be my final uh, curtain call when it comes to entrepreneurship and you know dreaming big. But I I want to I want to uh, have a uh, a platform to help. Uh, minor, minority uh, entrepreneurs grow, you know, doing this, this, the uh, FCF is difficult, you know, it was difficult. And um, I, I always, you know, dap up my, my co-founders from Sorob, Grant and, and, and Patrick, because I wouldn't have been able to do it by myself. You know what I mean? My, my network got, got me to a certain point and it was able to get me even to this point, but Without the other networks of all of our co-founders, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And, you know, when I look back at that, it's just like, man, I want to be able to be a person that can open up those doors because it's difficult. It's difficult getting into technology and, and cryptocurrency and trying to find money and trying to get funded. You got a great idea, but you can't do nothing with it because you just, you just don't have the network to get it funded. And um, that could have easily been me. You know, I could have easily been in Chicago, had this idea, and then seven years later, you know, Sorab may have done it because he had maybe had the network to do it. I don't know. You know, you know what I'm saying? So you just never know. And I just, for me, I want to be able to open up that platform for other people um, to be able to get those opportunities out there. What as uh, season two in the in the future? We know nothing out there publicly yet, but what what's what's exciting about the next? season for fcf whenever it does take place what do you think the greg and ray show that's all exactly that's all, that's all we need <laughs> the greg and ray show that's it <laughs> uh, no man i mean that's what so we're doing man you know this greg we can make changes instantly and, mm -hmm. and we can turn a corner we can pivot um we've got so many great ideas and that's the problem. That is probably our biggest problem because we have so many great ideas and we want to we want to do them all. Yeah. And we got to figure out which ones make the most sense. And you know, fans are coming. Fans are giving us so 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 many ideas. Everything. And it's just kind of like which ones fit into what we're doing. And maybe you know, just honing in to what we do right and fixing what we do wrong. You know, um, to me, that that is the biggest thing. It's like the product is not broken. We just need to. You know what I'm saying? Just gotta upgrade a little bit. Just tinker with it a little bit. Don't don't mess it up. Don't try to make it more than it is. We we're growing in a. I think we're growing in a in a positive way. Uh, not too fast, not too slow. And I love the. I was saying this on another podcast the other day. Was like I love this street cred that we're this street fandom that we're creating. This underground fandom that we're creating. That people are getting involved in and this guy was like man i got a podcast because of you guys like i'm being creative because of you like that's dope like how dope is that like that's 
what we are creating and which I think is really cool. No, the, the league spawns so much creativity, fans, uh, graphics, video. I mean, it just t-shirts. It just goes on and on. It's only going to continue. So excited for all that. Uh, we close out these interviews with the three what's good questions that are kind of separate from everything else you're doing in life. Uh, we start first. What's what's something you've done just for you lately? Just for me, um, I would say this Friday I'm, I'm taking a uh, startup uh, innovation class. Yeah, it's it's a it's an eight week course, eight eight week course uh, with our investors. Uh, so I decided it all it's going to be all women driven. Um, so I'm like, man, let me learn some stuff. So why not? That's that's. So I'm doing that for myself, trying to put some more stuff in my toolbox. Excellent. Uh, what's what's something you've done for someone else recently? Uh, buy my wife flowers. Uh, I, I get her flowers every month, so that's that counts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess that counts. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> and then what's what's something when you want to kind of unplug from everything else you're doing? What kind of makes you laugh? What do you what do you watch or read or get into to kind of unwind? Oh man, Family Guy and Bob's Burger reruns. <laughs> That's it, really. I don't watch a lot of. I don't watch sports. I try my best to to binge, and that gets difficult because I just don't have enough time to do it. So I'll just put on the you know in the background Family Guy, Bob's Burger, just like peek up at it, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't, my, 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 my release and let go is my, is bike riding. Like, I love to get on my bike and just, uh, just, just cycle out. Like, just, that's my favorite thing to do right now. Yeah. I, have you done any, like, races or competitions or anything? No, no, man, I don't know. I want to, and, and I know, because I, I, I keep thinking, I'm like, because the longest I've ever won is 29 miles. So I'm like, all right. I ain't up there. It got me in the 42, 47 range, but I'm like, man, I would love to do it. I, I was going to do a, a heptathlon, a triathlon in, uh, in Chicago, but you got to swim in, yeah. the, in the lake. And I'm like, bold, right? <laughs> so I'm going to do, do something like that. I, I, you, you, you keep, it keeps coming up and people keep bringing it up. So yeah. I know I got to do, I, 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 I can definitely see myself doing something like that. Good stuff. Hey, uh, Ray, always, always good to chat. Looking forward to get, getting back to it uh, for season two whenever we can. Yeah, man.